Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. This is Amber. Happy 2022. 2022. First show of 2022. Yeah, we came in a little late. We, we had did. Some, we had something booked uh, a couple weeks ago, a week or so ago. But and then Scott got COVID again. Well, was it? Did I? No, that was New Year's. Yeah, because then we were supposed to, January 2nd, Corey Hutchinson was supposed to be on the show. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, got, I got my third, I, I, technically my third round of the vid. Third round? You, you've only had it twice. Well, I can pretty much verify. Oh, you think back in like know, Jan- you January think- 2020. Oh, you're talking then. Okay. That, I know I had it. And okay. then, yeah, August, I'm sorry, no, April of 2021. Okay. And then, well, we don't even know if I had it this time. I don't know. I took two I took two of those home, home tests, tests and-, and they both flagged positive. Um, and then I had a PCR test done a couple days later and that came back negative. So, But that was a lot of days later because you took that test on Saturday and then couldn't get a test in this area until Wednesday. Wednesday. However, I guess, well, one of the things that, and this is food for thought for everybody, because I'm like, well, I thought if once you had it, you were supposed to flag positive for a couple, three months, maybe three months. I guess the testing is getting better and they're able to detect things more accurately now. So what likely could have happened with me was I did flag positive Literally on New Year's Day. Yeah, I know. He was literally on you were New Year's so Day. so pissed. <laughs> I was pissed. Oh, God. Yeah. I just was like, oh, really? I was so bad, I started I, crying a little so, bit. I cried a little. I was so angry. <laughs> just, um, but it you, ended up not being that bad. No, you felt fine. And then my work was closed because, like, an entire department had Omicron. So that was like, well, I, I'm technically exposed, even though I guess I didn't have it, but I don't really know. And um, I don't know if I said I this didn't before. Have though. to go to work for yeah, like five days. Yeah, I didn't feel bad at all. I had a little sinusy stuff. You you had the sweats. I had no. I didn't even have the sweats. Yeah, you said you said one when, night yeah. I sweat a little yeah. bit, and that was it. But frankly, well, I, I that was it wasn't the worst way to come into the new year. Once I got past <laughs> well, having to you, call everybody I know that I, I was I was within ten foot of because I just exposed to Omicron. You've yeah. been exposed to Omicron. Yeah. You've been exposed. I basically sat in my bedroom and got caught up on a lot of the movies that I've wanted to see and series that I wanted to binge watch. Well, so at the uh, frankly, at the end of it, when I got the, the negative test from the PCR thing, I was honestly, I was a little bummed because I'm like, oh, well, I actually, I'm not really sick, so I need to get up and start doing stuff again. So I was kind of bummed because I was kind of having fun just being a lazy fat person well, laying in bed. Let's let's ask. <laughs> I I stated uh, to one of my good friends that I have zero expectations for 2022. I have none. I have I have no real predictions. I, I don't. I thought about doing a ghostly talk prediction show and like looking at the different predictions <laughs> that people have made. Five minutes long. Well, and then half the time I don't like him because if I if I if there's one that's really negative, I'm like, oh, I, I feel like just even thinking about it helps manifest it or something. So I did see though it's that self self immolation. There is a prophet over in like it was one of the Eastern European countries, and she doesn't have any eyes. She's yeah. blind, blind. She's older lady. So one of the predictions she made was that aliens are finally gonna they're gonna contact us. They're gonna they're gonna invade or something or whatever. I you know. They might as well invade. Bring it on. They might as well just invade. Bring it yeah, on. I, I think we're Let's we're ask also... Mr. Predicto. Um, we got, I think we got a cat fight going on out there. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, let's ask Mr. Predicto if 2022 is the year that aliens invade. They make contact. Okay. Are you guys, are you ready? Yeah. This is, this yeah, is right. what, this Mr. is going to be. Mr. Predicto is going to tell it. us. This, this is, is it. it. This is we the de facto. We can't go back from what he says. Exactly. All right. Go ahead. Okay. 
Oh, well, that was pretty honest. <laughs> I don't know if you get more direct than that. Um, that was just yes. So everybody, uh, get That's, your get your signs yep. out. It's been it's. Oh, I just threw them. You just broke it's, Mr. I'm, Predicto. Yeah. I, it's been go. decided. Aliens are landing in 2022. You've heard it first. Do we really? Th- do, I'm ghostly talking. <laughs> exclusive and exclusive. It's exclusive. Uh, do you? How do you think people are? Okay, let's just think. Of, and I know we've talked about this before and off the air, but I, I, it, it's. You want to theorize how people would react? How are people going to respond to this? Stupidly. Stupid. Think about the pandemic. I, I don't have Stupid. faith. I really don't. No, I'm, I'm no, going to sound no, negative. No. What was the movie that we we just, just watched? Don't Look Up. Don't Look Up. Don't Look Up. If, anybody, if you have Netflix. 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 <laughs> you have the Netflix. They only have one movie on there. <laughs> it's one movie. That's the off-brand of you Netflix. Only, <laughs> you only pay like 12 cents a month for it, and you Netflix. get to watch one movie, and that's it. Yeah. Netflix. I'm sorry, Netflix. Okay, okay. Anyway, that it's movie... The, it's the budget model. That movie was about... Um, a comet. A comet, and they... Leo and um, Jennifer Lawrence find it, and they know it's going to hit the planet. It's going to be... Well, you're an not ex- going to spoil it for people. I'm not, ex- I'm not. I'm not. It's an extinction it's event. It's an extinction level, level event. Yeah. event. Okay? And then the movie is about what happens after that announcement's made. So I'm not going to spoil. That's not spoiling. Yeah. That's just the premise. So, I don't have a lot of faith in. in I don't. In, 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 I, 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 but, I like but, people, but I don't have a lot of faith. I don't. In I think people, people's decisions. If you follow the UFO world, people, there, there's, there is evidence out there that there are craft. There are things we can't explain, and there's a whole government department that explores it. So it's not just a make believe thing, but. Even if you tell people yeah. that, that, hey, there's a department of the government that has been studying this for decades, they're just going to be like, mm. they have to literally land on the White House lawn and come out and be like, we are here, we are here, hello. Do you uh, think that even then people, will, and everybody then that's will when be they sold? lose it and they go, well, those you are demons. You can't convince people now to take, to take a shot, to, to take the, the equivalent of what a, a flu shot is, basically. I, people I don't, don't believe in that. I don't know. I guarantee or you. What would you, it scare people into going, oh, crap, our problems on this planet are so stupid and little now that we've just learned we're not alone? Well, that's what all of our favorite sci-fi movies have told us. Right? So now we band together we're in not, unity. You know, and that's what Reagan said to us years ago, too. Right? So, I mean, yeah. that is the right idea. Yeah. Uh, we should have had that idea years ago on this planet. Well, meanwhile, if you want to prepare yourself for the alien invasion that's to come, Because it's, it's verified here, 100%. It's verified here. It's verified. You can... Grab the new book that's coming out in February by our guest tonight, Kat Gina Cole, to hone and harness your psychic skills for magic and witchcraft. This book does not, you do not have to be a practitioner of witchcraft or Wicca or follow any pagan tradition to grab this book and be, uh, work on your psychic skills. And we all know, if you're a listener of this show, I'm sure 99% of you believe that psychic abilities do exist. Whether you think you have them or not, I think that anybody can kind of pick and choose a little bit what yeah. one they want to work on. Do I, I think the hardest one is definitely like telekinesis. It's like, you know, yeah. mo- moving stuff with your brain. I don't – I guess there's been some lab evidence that people have affected small objects with their mind. But, I mean, we're not talking X-Men level like moving an airplane type thing yet. So, yeah. anyway, uh, we had tonight on the show, and it was awesome having author Kat Gina Cole on. Yes. Tell us um, all about her, please. And she was initiated into the magical system of uh, witchcraft by her mother and grandmother at the age of 13. 
She is a hedge witch, practitioner of hermetic magic, psychic teacher, and walker of many worlds. She ran Rowan Tree Pagan Ministries for five years. Kat currently serves as priestess and co-leader with Phaedra Bonewitz of the Coven of the Rising Phoenix. She can be found on her blog and website at www.katginacole.com, along with uh, links on her website to find her at all social media platforms such as Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, so enjoy our show with Cat Gina Cole. Coming out of a bunker in Michigan, goes to talk to you. Yes, of 2022, we have, I know, we have Kat Gina Cole with us, and I am so excited. I went through her website, and I want to actually read something I pulled from her own blog introduction, (laughs) and it says- You read this before the show. Yes, I I love this. Over these many years, I have run with bikers, skinned mink for a job, been a truck driver- Worked in caregiving, been a waitress, a bartender, a bouncer, and worked on the carnival. In one 10-year span, I held 100 jobs because I often worked two jobs to get by. I've been a waitress to a murderer, been in protective custody, struck by lightning, and survived cancer. It is all part of my colorful life and what made me who I am, which I happen to be very happy with. So I don't think there's going to be um, a shortage. (laughs) Of any, you know, of good conversation and probably more to talk about than just psychic abilities yeah. uh, with Kat tonight. But Gina Cat Cole, or, um, or, oh my God, I just switched her name. Um, Way to go there, Yeah, dyslexic. I know. I'm nice the one. Job. Yeah, there was my dyslexia. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Kat Gina Cole is the author of Psychic Skills for Magic and Witchcraft, which is going to be available everywhere in bookstores uh, about February 8th, 2022. Mm-hmm. And given the past two years we've had on this planet... I think we all could use a little sharpening of our extrasensory abilities. So welcome to the show, Kat. We're glad to have you. Well, thank you, and I'm very glad to be here. Uh, So I want to jump right back into your past with your magical family, because not a lot of people that become part of the witchcraft tradition or follow any kind of pagan paths can say that they grew up in this type of situation. It's something that they usually adopt after leaving a more traditional thing, um, in like, perhaps like Christianity. But you grew up with a mother and a grandmother that passed down the witchcraft tradition to you. And your mother was a little unique, too, because she kind of was like she was a practicing Christian, but still had these witchcraft um, you know, still brought that into her her belief system. So you grew up, and I, I will say on your blog, I noticed you weren't shy about your age. So I don't feel bad. So it's, hopefully that's not anything to say that you grew up in the 60s. Uh, but in the 60s, was this still considered a dangerous or taboo thing to to grow up in this type of tradition or, or to even talk about it with your neighbors or, or other family members? Absolutely. And see, that's the um, paradox of I grew up with a magical family, but at the same time, the only magical family I had was mom and grandma, period. 
I couldn't really talk to my siblings about it or people at school or any of those things. And that too sort of has a paradox kind of to it, uh, or at least a juxtaposition in, in that one, it was for safety. Yes, because even though at the same time Oberon Zell and some of those folks were working, you know, uh, hard to get our communities out in the open, um, it was not safe. I mean, this is a conservative area, always has been. And um, so there's that. And then the other is now that I'm older and more educated, it kind of was a closed system. This was the family tradition. This was not something that we gave away to everybody unless they came to our door for help. And so there's both, you know? So, yeah, I grew up with a magical family and and that is um, a gift that many people do not have, which is, my being sworn to secrecy also made me understand that not everybody has at least what I had. And I've always made it a point of going, hey, not everybody has somebody magical to talk to because there was many, many, many times over my life I did not have someone magical to talk to other than mom and grandma. Someone I could identify with, some someone of a like mind. Right. You know, so I've always made it very, it's always been very important to me <clears throat> to be available to people. And that's uh, a big part of what spurred the book. You know, like I say in there, it's like, hey, you're not alone. Right. You grew, like when you were four years old, you were already having psychic experiences and out of body experiences. When when those happened to you, were you already kind of prepped by your grandma and mother that these things happen, or was this a total surprise to you as a four year old? You know, as a four year old, I don't think <clears throat> I gave it another thought. It was like, <laughs> hey, this is every day. This right. is cool. <laughs> I, I really don't think I gave it a thought. <laughs> When did you mention it to your uh, family right away? Like, hey, this happened. And is that when they maybe started talking to you about that kind of stuff? Well, I know that my mother in particular saw me talking to the fairies and all of that. I remember my mother. She's she's the most guilty party of my wild imagination. God bless her. Her <laughs> blessing and curse at the same time. Um, in that, you know clouds were people and rocks were people you know i mean i got all these kind of wild fantasy childlike stuff from her that were kind of witchcraft precursors you know yeah um so it was just every day to me i found with her being catholic i've always felt that no, 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 christian oh. mystic Oh, just where did I read Catholic somewhere that she was Catholic? You get beat no, up, my Amber. dad. Oh, my dad was Catholic. That's right. where I'm reading that then. So, okay, so explain the Christian mystic then how that maybe differs from just a nor like the normal just witchcraft path. Well, <laughs> my mother um, had to go along to get along, and the she found a unique way. Uh, Probably thanks to Edgar Casey's influence, 
she found a, a unique way of blending old stuff with everyday in front of you stuff. It's okay to tell a child to fill their imagination of these wild stories of clouds and fairies and stuff like that as someone expected, you know, and your kitty ran away and found another little girl, you know, that's kind of expected. Nobody even looked at that as precursor to witchcraft. Yeah. You know, and the way she would teach me the Bible would be very unique um, in that prayers or incantations you know they're yeah. pretty much the same thing um and of course you know my grandmother being more traditional would guff at that but you know it, it made for a very uh kind of a very broad interfaith uh, set for me yeah yeah, I can see that because I, I grew up Catholic and then having an interest in anything paranormal, um, definitely having an interest in witchcraft. And when I was younger, I always wanted, a, I desperately wanted a set of tarot cards when I was 13 so bad. And you, I could not find them in my conservative town anywhere. And if I did, they were like $25, which was beyond my allowance. And mm-hmm. so it was, I always felt though with Catholicism at least, um, I felt like there was a little more magic, like my family accepted some of my weirdness back then a little more because maybe they, uh, I don't know. I've just always heard that the Catholics are a little more maybe mystical than the next. Uh, Do you think a Catholic, and I, I'm just, ta- I'm just think, Kat, you said something that, that struck a chord with me. Do you think if you went to a Catholic in your family, for example, Amber, yeah, and said and said an idea like, do you realize that the prayers you say are very similar to incantations. I do you think they'll respond? I mean, and I'm, I, I'm saying this because I, I, I actually I think this is it's true. How do you think they would respond to that? I think they wouldn't like the word incantation. Oh, there you go. That's what I'm saying. There's that, that, that word, I think, has, I, has kind of a negative connotation to I, it. Yeah, I think I could convince um, them that prayers are the same as, like, magic a little bit because it's, you know, your focused intention um, for a desired result type thing, and maybe explain it well, in that fate, kind of but way. I think I, I think their idea. And, but, I, and I'm not saying any of this to to beat up on anybody here, but I think what the uh, that the idea what prayer is, and Cat, if I'm wrong on this, please call me on that. Um, is that it's a faith based magic? You know, you can't have the magic. Well, yeah. You faith. But see, you guys are you guys are hitting on something. My mom also taught me. You can tell anybody anything you want to tell them. It's all in the matter of the way you tell them and the words you choose. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's just, that illustrates what I said exactly. Like, if you, I know a few people personally, if I said, you know, what you're doing is kind of an, it's kind of a spell. Right. They would, they would not be happy to hear that. No, that's, Mm -hmm. my grandpa, when I, when I got, when I first started getting into, you know, ghost hunting back in like 2000. Um, he was sort of a little like, you know, he's a, he's a pretty staunch Protestant and he, <laughs> he was just like, well, you know, what is this ghost hunting you're doing? And I was like, grandpa, there's all kinds of paranormal stuff in the Bible. Think about the burning bush and oh, Jesus, you know, is a, you know, the you Holy sold Ghost. It. You sold I it. I did. I did. And he was like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> so, you know, you change their perspective a little bit on, on what they're nor- you know, normally used to looking at. But yeah. yeah, anyway, so I want to continue talking about, uh, 
Kat's new book because I've been going through this all day and over the week, and it mm-hmm. is a really, really fun, good read. And with the origin of this book, in the 1990s, you had a job as a dual diagnosis counselor, which was someone who worked um, with mental uh, people with mental health issues along with an addiction uh, while you were in mm-hmm. Portland, Oregon. And you used your skills of clairvoyance and empathy with clients that greatly helped. And I also read that you were inspired by the psychic and psychiatrist, Dr. Julef, uh, Judith Orloff, um, with her mm-hmm. book, Second Sight, from 1996. And she, I know, was one of the early people, uh, psychiatrists, to really advertise using those your psychic abilities alongside mental health um, therapies. So you noticed something while you were working with these people's issues that others maybe didn't. Can you talk a little bit about what you observed in regards to those cases um, and then how that kind of led to this um, kind of like your book? Well, first I want to preface that by saying mental health issues are real and valid, period. Yep. There are all kinds of varying degrees of mental health issues. And some are like on a scale of 10 to 1 and anywhere in between. That said, um, a lot of the people I worked with were at the street level, you know, because I was at the Salvation Army ARC. I was with the Native Nations, the folks coming right off the res and up into Portland and um working in the detoxes and methadone clinics and downtown Burnside stuff and all that. So it was real street level. And um, telling you a lot of those folks, I began to see a pattern as after I found Judith's book and kind of had permission to peek to sense, to listen, to pay attention. And I would have to say almost 50% of the level of people I was working with actually had some type of psychic spiritual sort of thing going on that was totally confusing them and misleading them in their lives because like many people they never had anybody to say hey dude no that's okay it's normal that's to be expected and that's why i i so into label this label that in my book so people get that it's like oh that's what that is because when it's vague oh it seems so big and overwhelming you put a word to it's like Oh, I can look that up. That I have to comment right now because there was something in your book that was a word out of all like the Claire's as the you know, the clear audience, clairvoyant, all that stuff. There was a word that made me stop and reread it, and it was claircognizance. <laughs> and when you all of a sudden said, I didn't learn this word until my forties, and I went, I'm 41. Why have I not heard of this word till now? Or why did it not come on my radar anytime sooner? Because whenever I learn all about the different types of of um, psychic powers and abilities and stuff, I'm always just like, God, that's not me. I don't really see stuff. I don't smell stuff. I don't hear things. 
but there's something I feel like there's something there. And then the the definition you gave was no th- that clear cognizance is knowing without any evidence, no visual mm-hmm. or empathic components. And I was like, is that our cat? That's our cat. Hang on, I got it. <laughs> oh, hold on, I cat. It. We got a cat fight. <laughs> we got a kitten. He'll he'll edit that part. So. With, I'll go back to the definition. So the definition of this knowing without any evidence, no visual or empathic components. And I'm like, that that's me. Like, I don't know how many times I have talked to friends and just been like, I just state something. Well, that's what's going to happen. And they're like, well, how do you know? I, I don't know. I know. And it's just like, and how it comes to you as a thought instead of like, yeah, I don't sense anything. I don't see something. I don't get a flash of anything. And I, I don't know why. As long as I've been studying the paranormal, why that word has never appeared to me. So I thought that was really interesting that you kind of had the same thing with that word. Well, yeah. Well, claircognizance in the old traditions is called the knowing. Hmm. Um, And when you get a knowing, it just, bam, it's there. It's concrete. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And... Sorry about your bad luck. You don't like it, but you know, here it is. Yeah. Um, and claircognizance is often as a word mixed in with other things like empath or precognition. It gets mixed in there. And again, this goes back to why I ferret out all the labels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I, that one was like mind boggling. And I just, I kind of felt like cool at that moment. Like, oh, okay. Like, neat. I kind of figured something out here. Th- thanks. Thanks, cat. <laughs> no, see, now you, you, you know, my attitude is if my book can help you, the one yeah. person I have done my job. And so thank you for that. Yeah, I know. I just, that was so neat. And um, of course, your book is filled with all kinds of exercises and all kind. like you can spend probably a whole year or more taking your time going through this book and through all the different levels. And I would say that it is if you are brand new to psychic skills, if you are feel you're somewhat like experienced or advanced, I think it's going to benefit anybody to pick it up and go through it because there was a lot of stuff in here, like I said earlier, that I was not familiar with or don't hear that often or even even I appreciated some older like terms like just I don't know, like there was just something um, I don't know, nice about your writing cat. <laughs> it was oh, something, there was just something nice about it, the way it was written. So when going through this, in the book, you state there are three basic consistencies to all things psychic, thoughts, belief, and perspective. So when people are sitting there thinking, I don't have a psychic bone in my body, as Scott over here always says, um, and they don't think that they're capable of anything, can we kind of go through what each of those means, starting with thoughts or things? Because that is something I firmly believe in. I, I tell people, are like, oh, thoughts aren't things. I'm like, well, the atom bomb was once a thought. And then it became a thing that blew up Hiroshima. So it started as a thought. And then it became reality. And, and right now, the resonance of the planet with people's state of mind and their thoughts sometimes makes me think about this kind of global resonance that we have as a people. And I just read a horrifying statistic today that said that murders have gone up in 2020 and 2021, especially in impoverished neighborhoods, but they've gone up to levels of that they hadn't seen since the 90s. And I kind of just thought, well, wow, 
that's interesting that that kind of coincides with the event of this whole global pandemic happening. Mm. But anyway, uh, back to thoughts or things, belief and perspective. So um, whatever you could share, Kat. Thoughts are things that generate your beliefs that then become your actions is the formula. And you certainly see that in the political venue right now with some of the conservatives. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just might go, oh, yeah. (laughs) But so on a broader scale, mystical scale, that if you have an inkling, you might be pagan, for example, um, or might be a witch or want to be a paranormal investigator. You know, that's a thought. Thoughts have energy. All things are energy. Everything is energy. And so it generates that energy. It moves. Energy is not static. And then as it moves within you, it begins to generate more thought, which then becomes your beliefs. Yes, I don't believe I have a psychic bone in my body or yes, I do. I have the knowing. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes your actions because for example, if you don't believe you have a psychic bone in your body, you will never take an action. That too is an action. And um, so that's how that formula works. I think it's more self-defeating. That's what that is when you say that. I, that's I, and I, I'm aware of that myself too. I, and I, Amber's right. I do say that all the time. Uh, I don't have a psychic bone in my body. If I did believe and put my effort towards it, I think I, I could have some breakthroughs on I stuff think, like that. I think you could be really in, like I think you're already intuitive. Mm. I think you could, um, you know, maybe move to. Well, thank you, Amber. Moving rocks eventually with your mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I think I think it surprises people. You know, my belief and my grandmother's belief and my mom's too is that and many other people I've spoken to since is that I think that humans in general were originally telepathic in nature and um, certainly body language and familiarity uh, were full force at that point, but uh, in primitive times, but you know, that builds uh, before a language did. So that too comes back to thoughts or things. If you believe in telepathy, thought is a thing, Yeah. you know, and, but you, there's that belief. You're almost using one word to describe the other, which makes it kind of convoluted, but they are synonymous. I often think about this idea and I've heard this before, Kat, that, Maybe at one time in our history, we as a race were much more clairvoyant than we are now. Mm-hmm. And I think of a couple things of why we are not, maybe why we don't focus on that or behave that way as much anymore. It's obviously not focused on. I think about technology, for one, and I, you know, I hate, I find myself beating up on technology more and more nowadays, but I do think. Automation and technology and devices that we have do definitely re. What's the word I'm I'm trying to say here? They they don't we don't have to do a lot of thinking 
these days with a lot of things that we maybe 20 years ago required a lot more thought and maybe introspection. Things just kind of happen now. A lot of stuff's automated for us, right? Less brain power, less thinking. I also think that maybe we as a people are much more distracted and less focused than we used to be. And there's a lot of reasons for that too. And we could probably spend five hours discussing just that idea. Uh, but putting those ideas out there, you know, is to ask the question why we don't focus on these ideas. Is are those a couple ideas that make sense to you, or do you oh, think there may be? Absolutely. There's there is a phrase I. Well, okay. There's a phrase <laughs> I use a lot that didn't make it into the book. I had to choose a different word. Um, is um, the more involved that you are with this man's world, the less psychic and magical mm-hmm. your life will be. Now, there's science behind that. That is not just a personal philosophy. The consciousness, the everyday consciousness can only hold so much, you know, and that's why our subconscious kind of catches the rest. Yeah. So the more that we are actively involved being on the hamster wheel of a society, that becomes more and more of the focus because that is what we are wiring the synapses of our brain to constantly do. And that's where it constantly goes. And unless we make time and take practice to expand firing synapses in our consciousness, yeah. um, it's not going to happen for us. Yeah. And I, and I believe that I really do. Um, Cause I think, and it, maybe I, I explained that probably in the wrong direction too. I think, yeah, there is the, the distraction we have as people. We've had this distraction now for many, many decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I get it. I mean, people want to live their, you know, especially here in the United States, we want to have that dream. We want to have a home. We want to have kids. We want to have a car. We want to have, you know, go on vacation twice a year, whatever it might be. And we know it, what it takes to have those simple things. It requires work. Um and that's where you get locked in. I'm, am I saying, no, you should stop working? Absolutely not. I think people have, we should be doing things. But I think it, that focus is pulled away. And then we bring technology in, uh, which we all, we can't, you can't escape it no matter what you try to do. Uh, and that makes these things even, what I say about that is it makes it even faster and we build on that. So now people, I know we've all heard you know, how, how fast the world moves. Well, that's true. The world moves way faster than it used to. Go ahead. Well, and that's why when you're reading uh, uh, Kat's book, one of the first skills that she talks about, like working on one of the first exercises is the pause skill. Yeah. Just stopping and pausing. And how often do people just not, not even, okay, we don't even have to apply this to a magical scenario. Just how often people would benefit from before they say something or do something or making a rational decision uh, if they just went, hold up, for like 30 right. seconds <laughs> and thought about right. it and yeah. then went, okay, let's keep, you know, let's continue on from here. Yeah. And, and how that just that skill alone can apply to so many things um, along with trying to, you know, quiet your mind and get all the busyness that is injected into it all day long from our technology or a planet mm-hmm. and, um, and and go from there because a, a large part of the exercises in the book do fo- you know do focus on focus because you mm-hmm. do have to hone that I think to improve your psychic abilities if you if you do want to improve them and I think everybody has them 
I think it's a yeah. skill like like any like I don't think I could ever be like an expert basketball player, but I could become better at it. <laughs> right. You know, and well, I, you know, you talk about you talk about focus and that is a good um hidden thing in the book, to be honest. The book takes you from the beginning levels of focus, like the prerequisites that you need to deepen your focus. And so in the first three chapters, that's like the prerequisite, you know, 100, 101 type stuff, you know, and about from the fourth chapter, I think about through the sixth or so, you know, that's kind of your intermediate stuff. That's getting you into the deeper stuff. When you get to stepping aside exercises, that's getting into some seriously deep training of mental focus. And then beyond that, you know, and uh, in fact, I have a student right now who's hitting that level and I just totally blew her mind when I described it all to her. And she and I was like, now, once you have done that stepping aside stuff, you break, you've done your shadow work and gotten all the BS, emotional BS out of the way. Um, now imagine what that focus can bring in your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I wish my brain I another thing I read about you is that uh, you have to contend with being ADHD and I, I I'm there I'm right there how do with you get you. Th- uh, no that is that, I maybe I'm di- I don't know I'm probably I, not dying you are not Scott you are not but my brain is like just a circus going on it is it's like yeah exactly it's definitely your brain but you're not the same as like you can fo- you can pick something and focus on it and you'll like you'll ach- like believe it achieve it and it's done. Like that's you. Like you just do it and you yeah. don't quit. And then I'll start a project. I'll start a project. I'll start another project. And yeah, I have another a, project. Yeah, Kat, that's a bastion of any fight that happens in a household <laughs> is that idea right there. Any <laughs> any mess any messes I have in the house, different piles of stuff, I just call creativity stations. Creativity. So <laughs> I so when you when you said out on something I read that messes um, the ADHD and, and referred to messes as creation in progress, I was like, oh, I God. love Cat. You're not, you're not helping me here, Cat. <laughs> I'm my husband's with you there because he is he's one of these. Men- Straight line, methodical, detailed gentleman is uber talented in many ways. And um, he leaves his messes too, but he just gets so frustrated seeing me. Um, like for right now, for example, I have a table full of jewelry. I'm getting ready for a flea market and across the room is an altar table that I'm making. And in the living room is the knitting that I'm doing. You get it? You know? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's me. <laughs> yeah. And I float, I float like a bee from one to the other to the next. And even when I was writing my book, it was like, I go, 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 go for a while, reach up, take a breath and, start looking at marketplace or reading Facebook or whatever. And then I could, you know, I just need to give that mental space and break, but this too, there's a piece in my book about taking your deficits and making them assets. And this feeds into that because I can multitask 
I can be partway through a project and come back and hit another one, you know, without much problem. And so I've been able to like supervise groups of people that way, walk away from one train of thought and jump right, pick up right where I left off in another one. Yeah. Yep. And in those ways, you can take things that society might say is a deficit and make it an asset, make it work for you. Because I spent so many years trying to change those things everybody that said were ineffective, broken, or bad about myself. And it's like, I never could. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Obviously now, I think I was probably in my 40s. This is me. And okay, now what am I going to do with it? Am I going to let it make me miserable? Or am I going to do something with it? Well, I'm a little bossy and I'm a psychic and I'm a counselor and it's like, hey, I could put that to work. <laughs> it's fascinating to hear that because I mean I'm listening to how your brain works, so to say. And I'm and I'm thinking about how I operate professionally and personally. And literally what you what we call that in technology is multi-threading. Like you're you're multitasking, you're multi-threading. You have several threads going at one time, right? Where yeah. I am true blue-blooded, single-threaded, single-task, yeah. knock them down. You know, I, I literally, I mean, on a daily basis, I I will take a notepad or even on my laptop and just jot down a handful, you know, a list of things. And go, okay, I'm going to tackle one at a time here. And I've just learned yeah. over many years that's how I perform best. And yeah, um, and so I mean, either way, I mean, you can be successful either way. Um, yeah. And either one of them is, I know somebody would probably look at my way and going, "Well, you just one thing at a time. That's so boring." Mm -hmm. Well, I'm jealous. Well, <laughs> yeah, but. It gets done that way, and it's the best way I've figured out how to do things, right? Well, right. Okay, so what you're it, in psychic spiritual terms for me, but it uh, it crosses over into every aspect of life. Mm -hmm. What that right, right, exactly what we're talking about is you and my husband and many others are linear yeah. thinkers. Yeah, and we, the others of us, are more conceptual thinkers it is typically if you want to look at statistics and numbers typically the conceptual thinkers that are the more intuitive you know and broader that way because they're not um in that locked into that linear way uh it used to be called concrete thinking in psychology but i don't think they use that term anymore <laughs> <laughs> but that's basically what that is. It doesn't mean you can't learn to be a conceptual thinker. You know, yeah. it's just where you are today and that's how you function in today's world. I'll I'll go even further saying that and linear thinking is such a great way to illustrate that. And I can even go further down the rabbit hole in my brain with that because Amber can attest to this. I'll literally have days where I'll get out of bed and go, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work out and then I'm going to go grocery shopping and then I'm going to go here. And I'll literally tell her my and I'll, with time, like, okay, take me about a half an hour to do that and then about an hour to do that. And I <laughs> yeah. should be done right around. I should be done. You know, I mean, I can't, you're not going to nail it perfect every time. Uh, I'm, I'm not that ridiculous, but 
I mean, I'm, oh, I, that's I, the attention to detail that I am jealous of. Yeah, as a conceptual thinker, I don't have that attention to detail. That's the biggest argument. Yeah, my husband and I are both artists and makers, you know, and yeah. that's our biggest argument when it comes to creation of stuff. You know, it's like you got to pay attention to the details, Kat. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's a fascinating. Nah, way to way to look at. I mean, two minds like that. The brains. Well, no, and and, and well, see, and, and see, and but they're both productive. That's the thing that's cool about it. They're well, right, but they're not only just productive, but it hits on a couple of other things. That um, one, I I felt that that dynamic right there that we're talking about is what allowed me to walk in both worlds, and and that's how it made sense to me walking in two worlds. Because I can be here having this conversation with you, and at the same time, I might have something psychic going on. Right. Um, you know, and um, it does prevent me from being a little more focused on the on those details. I'm more of a free wheel person, so to speak, in that details be damned. They'll work themselves out, you know, (laughs) in the end, however they work out, but it often does create more work for me that way. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yep. I I don't want to switch gears too hard. I go ahead. Hold on. I want to, I want to just mention this because um, on my notes here, I, I wanted to talk about how a lot of people don't always hone or they're scared to hone any kind of psychic ability because of the social conditioning, which is something you talk about, uh, uh, pe- and people feeling like embarrassed, like if they felt something or saw something mm-hmm. or heard something, or they just know they have the knowing, um, they might be scared of judgment, so they never say anything. And do you find a lot of your students come come from that kind of realm of thinking? Yep. Last paragraph of my book: You are not alone. You're not crazy. You're not odd. And there are many of us, and we're waiting for you. <laughs> I love that. Why do you think there is that stigmatism, I guess we could call it, that stigma on things like that now? Like even, I think I think over the last 10 years, things have gotten a bit you know, more laid back with it. But why do you think people still kind of get that weird embarrassment when someone may say to them directly, hey, I think I saw a ghost. Hey. I had a dream and you were I, in it yeah, and then this hey, happened. You know, when we, ooh, you know, and people start doing goofy stuff like right. that, right? Well, why do you think, Kat, that people still, re- some people respond that way? Fear of the unknown. Yeah. So it's just a, it's a, it's a natural, it's a reaction to the unknown, basically. And, and you're I right, think you're so. Right. I think so. You know, and, and then, and this is meant lightly in humor. Um, there is the social conditioning. There is the fear of the unknown people being fearful of what they don't know. And first, that's an immediate reaction. Then you add the social conditioning. But, you know, you take the average, say, social media paranormal stuff, because I'm there with you on the paranormal stuff. Been there, done that. Yep. It's another topic. Because yep. <laughs> that's very real, too. Um but like, say, social media, paranormal stuff, most of those folks are like, oh, my God, this happened. You and it and the difference between those kinds of folks and people like myself or you is that <laughs> this is everyday stuff for us. And we got skills, baby. 
Well, and I, you're right. I mean, I, I think some of the people that I mean, when you say the social media paranormal stuff, and I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to quantize anything too hard, but a lot of these people are, I think, are younger people who don't have not experienced this stuff like we have. And I'm not saying that I'm some super psychic either, uh, but I do know personally. Yeah, I have a couple decades of of doing this stuff, talking about this stuff, studying this stuff, being out in the field. Um, so I guess. My response to things, and I've said this a million times on this show, of course, when somebody, dare I say this, when somebody comes to me with a picture and says, oh my God, there's a ghost in this picture, and it's clearly something like a dust orb, I mean, that's just the quickest, easiest example I can think of, I go, yeah, yeah seen that a million times yeah exactly right. like well, you said we, we have that in the pagan witch circles too you know in fact i think probably just last month i got a little annoyed i'm in so many of these pagan groups on facebook um i got a little annoyed and i was like since when did witches get afraid of the very thing that they're supposed to be doing but, yeah and go ahead in what way do you mean cat oh well it's like Oh my God! A crow sat and talked to me. Now I'm 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 so afraid. What does this mean? Oh. You know, or or I dreamed this gotcha. this and this, and I'm terrified. Okay. You know. Um. Oh my God! I I I think I created a a wind, and what does that mean? What does that make me? You know. And yes, some of that is just being new and not having the experience. Some of it, but there there seems to be a fervor about that social media wise. Are you familiar with the term witch talk? Oh my God. I know what this is. Okay. So this, I I know what this is. I don't know what this is. No, no. Talking about social media and witchcraft uh, over the past year or two, I've read a lot about the rise in an interest in witchcraft with younger generations. So we're talking like teenagers right now, early twenties. And talk about, TikTok. Yes. And so there is now kind of this new crop of young people learning about witchcraft through the medium of social media apps such as TikTok, where you're watching things in 30 second clips, 20 second clips. And and some of these people are, you know, educating people or trying to maybe they're popping open their favorite books and telling someone about an herb or a charm. But I know it can get like really weird, like I don't know. So I didn't know if you had kind of been being one of the seasoned people out there and been you've been there and done this for a while, if you had heard anything about like this kind of thing or had any comments on it. Every single day. <laughs> <laughs> do you, okay. do you so see? Let okay, me go ahead. Yeah. That statement. yeah, go ahead. All right. I am connected to quite a few of the elders and leaders in the pagan witchcraft world. And um, a lot of the younger people that are coming up through the ranks, certainly in my corner of the world anyway, which that's in a small corner of it all uh, in retrospect. Um, but you get a lot of people, leaders, let's say, um, going, oh, my God, these kids, what the hell and how can you learn it, you know, and, this versus that and, and and then you get the younger ones going don't gatekeep me you know right and it's like you can't tell me anything but i want a teacher yeah it's like great 
wait, those two things don't match in that sentence. Um, and things like that, you know, and, and so it's this real mis mishmash, you know, and, oh, I remember being so upset by it. You know, it's like, oh, my God, you know, because there is cultural appropriation about witchcraft happening. Mm -hmm. There are scam artists. There mm -hmm. are new people. There are experienced people all trying to share the same space, you know, and we do as elders and leaders wonder where witchcraft is going and, and what will happen. So about the only way I can summarize that is in 2019 I had the distinct pleasure of going to the very last PantheaCon as um, with Oberon Zell. And <laughs> I, wow, little country witch crammed into a 10 floor hotel with you know, 3,000 other pagans. Woo! <laughs> okay, so long story short, um, there was a moment in time. I'm sitting down to dinner and at the table, you know, is uh, Mon Milo Arquette and uh, Selena Fox, oh, wow. and Judica, you know, I mean, these minds were having dinner. And I get the privilege of sitting in and we're chit-chatting about this, that, and the other thing. And I thought, here's my moment, right? I can ask these great minds. And I start talking about how I feel the social media thing is having an effect on witchcraft. And is what do we do as elders? What is there to do? And I'm thinking, surely this is, I'm going to get some awesome wisdom. And... I push my point very passionately because I'm a triple fire person, you know, and all that. So, uh, <laughs> Oberon and it, his wisdom and, and these other elders just kind of look at each other and smile and they're kind of like, okay, Oz, we're going to let you, you know, can wrap this up for us. And the basic answer is... They will come to it in their own time when they're ready. Hmm. They are seeking. They're new. Right. They're testing things out. They will either discover it works or they won't. Yep. I think that's I think that's a good way of putting it. it and, and this is just the vehicle on how they are introduced to a lot of stuff. Because I... Which talk... I, well, just social media. And yeah. for me, you know, it was walking into a bookstore and going straight to the New Age section and mm -hmm. finding sometimes it to be like this tiny little area and, you know, looking up Scott Cunningham and picking up whatever book I thought was cool. And that was in the 90s. So it's now this is their way of, you know, information being passed out and yeah you're right like the people that will be serious about it and want to truly use that as a as a life path will find ways to like find the legit information and step away from the people that are out there being just kind like trying to do make a big you know make something viral 
you know, something stupid, mm-hmm. you know, on, on a they'll, nap. They'll figure it out. Yeah. Some of them are very smart people, you yep. know, and, and they'll get there, you know, and it's like, um, anybody who, who talks to me about not having had an experience with an actual deity and think that they're just archetypes, it's like, okay, that's cool. Because I know from my own experience that when you do, you'll know. Yeah. And I think I've had a lot. I've noticed on when I'm when I'm on some of those social media stuff and looking at stuff there a lot of these kids like the little kids are like they're very very sure that they figured it out already. And I'm like, hmm. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Right, and I used to fight about that on social media. In fact, I've been kicked out of groups for that. <laughs> but um and I don't anymore. I'll go in and I'll quietly state whatever I have to state and then I leave. I don't even continue to follow the conversation yeah, unless nah. I mention my name and no. most of the time I still don't respond no. a second time. And, and that's the same within the realm of, of you know, the paranormal. Uh, people think they got it figured out. They know what a ghost is. They know what constitutes a haunting. And, you know, that's it's the same in that realm too where people think they got it figured out and you're like, nah, nah. My nah. favorite <laughs> paranormal person was Rosemary Ellen. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, we got a picture hanging we, up. Yep, yeah, we have a signed photo right of here. her right here. She was a good friend to the show. In fact, we have, a, ba- we have a basket that's even signed by her. Yeah, she, she's sitting right next to me here. Yep. That's, um, she, we saw her. Why did her, she sign that basket? I, I, it was a she joke. Signed she signed it. It was something it says like, to my true love, Scott. So it was to, yeah, it was to Aww. me. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was something hilarious. But she, she, we, <laughs> she was at every conference we would go to. She was a staple at the Haunted America conference yeah. that we went to every year that Troy Taylor puts on. Yep. And um, the last two years before she passed, I had seen her and I was like, something's not right. You know, she, she had, I could tell she was wearing a wig. Yeah. And not that mm. that's like a judgment thing, because no, you get older just... and sometimes women's hair thins. No big deal. Mm. Wear a wig. But yet there was her energy. Her aura had just kind of dimmed. Yeah, the la- I remember yeah. Yeah, the and, last time I spoke to her, she just seemed yeah. you know, much more. And, she was always, well, you know, you, you, you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, Kat, like, the, you know, the, the, the pause. And mm. she was one of those people you yeah. talk to. And I would make a statement to her and, and whatever it might be. And, and she would do that. I would, she would I, do that. She would pause. And then she would deliver her answer, and she could talk about anything. Yeah, and, I mean, it wasn't she like she could. Yeah, she. Could. I had the I had a couple of phone conversations with her and a couple of emails, um, and that was the extent of my uh, actual contact with her. Um, and you know, I just ate up everything she yep. had to say, yep. pretty much. But back to the 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 pause. Um, here's a good example of the pause. So you talk about ADHD and it's funny. It's, this also is taking a deficit and making it an asset. I actually have a social anxiety and stage fright. And, um, (laughs) so September of 2018, my pal Phaedra Bonowitz takes me down to the Sacramento Pagan Pride, and you know she's pretty well known. And they come running up to her as soon as they see her, and they're like, "Oh, you're going to help with the opening ritual and this, that, and the other thing." She says, "No, but Cat would love to." Oh, oh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um. Anyway, um. So. 
I'm all freaked out, you know, and, and trying to manage my energy and all that other stuff and, and doing my self checks and so on. And um, we get into the ritual and I start by calling the directions as we often do. I'm, I say a sentence and then I pause. And what I'm doing in that pause is a couple of things. Pause began out of social anxiety. I'm calming down my social anxiety. I'm pushing it aside so I can listen to my better self or higher self and let that person's part of me speak. Well, as I did this in this ritual and I paused, the entire group of Oh, 100 people um, just repeated what I said. Hmm. And so then I made that into an asset and went with it. And so each direction, I'd say a sentence and I was paused because I was like, oh, that's going to work. Cool. We're going with that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and Phaedra afterwards was like, it was amazing. It was like you meant to do it that way. But it was actually born out of social anxiety. But it was also making a deficit in asset. Yeah. And that. listening to someone speak like that, like, you know, going back to Rosemary just for a second, I would have those conversations with her. And that pause is what I, you know, obviously I picked up on that with our conversation. And that was what kept me magnetized to speaking with her. I mean, I, we're, I always look forward to having conversations with her on and off this she show. She had a calming presence. Yeah, very But calming, not in a way calming. that made yeah. you, like, disengaged or tired. No, no. But I think it may have been that pause was part of that. Yeah. You know. The, yeah. Well, in society, most people don't understand that pause, and I still get static for it. But my students have come to be very familiar with it because I can be speaking to them, and I'll pause, and it's pretty much at that moment I'm listening to the psychic self. You know, and, and yeah. letting that intuition and other stuff come forward, it kind of goes back to not being so busy in this world and taking yeah. that pause to, to hear and get in touch with that. Not that I want to give this guy any more air, any more, I don't know, fan, fan service, let's oh. say. A guy that has the pause to an extreme. And I listen, and I find it absolutely fascinating. Is Elon Musk? Oh, obviously, yeah. totally out of our circles. But I've listened to him his interviews with him on several different podcasts and radio shows. And there yeah, has he does. there has literally been times where somebody will ask him a direct question, Cat. And I, I implore you to give it, give him a listen if you haven't uh, somewhere. And I have literally been like, I'm running or listening, you know, listening to something while I'm doing whatever, and. It'll go to death, like just dead silence. Yeah, like you won't you're right hear about anything. That. And I'm literally like looking at my phone, going, "Hey, was <laughs> the Is battery die? What's going on here?" Um, <laughs> and it's him doing that pause. I think, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a great tool for many things. Well, I think, and I think, you know, maybe not taking the psychic element out of it. Um, I think somebody like that has to really choose their words very wisely too. <laughs> well, that and just. <laughs> but I mean, I think it's also like thinking things through. His like intelligence. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think when I when I've heard this, in his case, I just 
picture like a just blinking lights and gears grinding and all these things right? happening like an uh, android yeah because there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of things being pulled together a lot of complicated things being pulled together to give to get that simple answer right but, well yeah you know you kind of mentioned it earlier earlier we all have that inner committee going on in our head yeah you know and my husband has a saying taste your words Oh. And and that too is the pause, you know, and then and Elon Musk certainly sounds like that's what he's doing. He's tasting those words before he spits them out. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, you know, and that's that's something I haven't even really thought there is. And I know I've done this before myself when I've done the pause. Very rarely do I do the pause. Yeah, <laughs> but, no, but you when, don't. When I, I have don't. done the pause, it's been that where I have tasted. It isn't it isn't formulating it and spitting it out necessarily. It's formulating it maybe even doing a quick rehearsal in your head like okay how's this going to come out how is the audience going to take this right mm-hmm. and then you know spitting it out let's say right so mm-hmm. yeah that and i think that that what your husband's referring to that's what tasting your words is go ahead Amy. Yep. now i yep. know we we are getting towards the end of our hour and what scott i know I, I told you gina was or, Okay, see, there's my, I keep calling What's her wrong with you? because I said Gina at the beginning of the show. So now it's in my head, even though I'm looking right <laughs> down at Cat Gina Cole. That's what my, that's how my brain works. So I know one of Scott's all time, anybody that's a longtime listener of the show knows that Scott's favorite topic in all of paranormaldom is synchronicity. Synchronicity. And so I, I yeah. saw it on our list. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I would, we would love to hear. What your thoughts are on synchronicity, especially in regards to psychic skills and just with the whole, well, the universe what, in general. And what we have. I live, I live on synchronicity every moment of every day. Well, an the, example yeah. is yesterday. Mm-hmm. So I get the urge. I got to go out. I have something to do at two o'clock and it's already 11. I got to go. I don't know why, but I got to go. And I stopped at the grocery store, got my husband the two things that he wanted. And I actually was thinking I needed something um, for my flea market thing, you know, and I was looking for containers or something. And I walked into the store and at the jewelry counter is this $35 jar of junk jewelry and I was like, you need that like a hole in the head. And $35, $35 is every penny you've got in your pocket right yeah. now. And you don't have any real income the rest of the month. And so I told her I would take it, spontaneously told her I would take it. And I said, well, I can change my mind later. It's sitting at the counter, blah. So I went and walked through the rest of the store to make sure, you know, to look for the containers I had gone in there for. And didn't find one single thing that I wanted. So I thought, okay, it must be, you know, Mm -hmm. this is what I came here for. So I buy it. And then I go through it last night. And I made 20 bucks on the scrap silver and gold that was in it. Wow, nice. And so the jar only cost me 15 bucks. And I got $20 in my pocket. And... Um, that's the kind of synchronicity and being in tune to me, the synchronicity is the way the universe speaks to you every day. If your higher self or better self or intuitive self will listen to it. Um, one of my favorite examples is 
driving, for example, and I might have two bucks in my, I think one example in my book is I had two bucks in my pocket. I wasn't really, I was doing something else. And it said, pull into the Salvation Army thrift store. It's like, okay, I'm going. And I didn't find anything I really wanted there and bought some crappy little pair of slippers or something. <laughs> and get to the counter and the lady, little tiny lady behind the counter looks up at me and says, I really like your necklace. It was a pent. This is a Christian store. Uh-huh. And I said, why, thank you. I said, do you know what it is? And she looks over her shoulder and around. She goes, yes, I do. And her looking around told me everything I needed to know. And so I just reached in my pocket, gave her my business card and said, feel free to call me anytime. Mm. Now, I didn't need to go into that store, but Synchronicity said, you need to go here. One of the things I one of the things I think about when it comes to Synchronicity, I thought and well, driving is a great example. You mentioned driving, Kat. Um, This happened the other night. I was coming back uh, from the, the city here. And all I wanted to do was come home. It was cold out. I was in the, you know, I was out doing errands. It was cold. And all I was just dreaming about coming home, taking a hot shower and laying down, getting some rest. That was my, and I was just, I was so excited to come home and just do that. And of course, coming home, I run into a parking lot on the freeway. Some accident happened and it backed up traffic miles. So of course... That stresses me out, gets me irritated. I just want to go home. I just want to go home. And I'm stuck in this traffic jam. And my thought process was this. Okay, I could probably try to find a way to finagle this, go around some traffic and get off here somehow, or just be patient for a few minutes and get my, and I'll get home eventually. It may take a couple extra minutes. And I think about that and I go, you know, what if I veer off here in a, in a hurry and get creamed? That's the, mm. These are the thoughts that I have. Like, there's a reason that I may be stuck in this traffic right now. And there's no way, there's no way to determine anything. We both know that. No, because that. that could just be a way for your brain to justify, like, the crappy time of sitting there stuck in traffic. Well, yeah, but... But I've done that, oh, too. You're, you know. Or, or a moment to sit there and um, pause yeah. and <laughs> be with yourself for yep. a minute. Yep. Yeah, so I mean that happens to me often. But one of the things, you know, I guess in your opinion, how do you really know when it's synchronicity or when it maybe just maybe you're looking, looking too hard out, for yeah. yeah you're looking yep. you're looking the too ra- hard the for randomness, meaning. Well, you're, the randomness. You're, well, you're looking too hard. Maybe some people, because I know some people, they look for meaning in every single thing that happens yeah. to them. Oh, right? I know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I guess how do you differentiate the two? The randomness, yeah. the sudden randomness. You mm. know. Life can be going along and it's just hunky dory, you know, you're, let's say you're driving and all of a sudden going, I need to take a left turn and you take a left turn. It turns out you avoid an accident or you find something wonderful. Yeah. Like the house you've been looking for, you know? Um, yeah. And I think it startles the ra- the you. Sudden, the sudden randomness yeah. of it is in there. And actually when I think about it, I kind of have a, a feeling that sort of runs through my stomach and chest and those kind of in a titillating sort of feeling right on the edge of that. And, and those are the things that sort of tell me that it's synchronicity. The other thing is in the description of 
synchronicity, seemingly random things that later seem to connect. Yeah. And I mean, I guess my, what I equate to that also is not just a feeling. I think a feeling is way more profound, but like I said already, I, and I, God, I love, I love the, I love this word now. I think very linear, linear. I can't even say the damn linear word. Linearly, 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 linearly. Um, when you think like that, and I know, I know it's just how I'm wired too. When I, as I've said, when I plan a day out, I have a whole down to down to timing almost a day planned. I'm one of those people that gets very upset when something a monkey wrench gets thrown into it, so to say. Right, mm-hmm. I get I get agitated when I get a phone call or something gets oh. thrown in my face, and I do I know I get very irritated. Um, but I think about that too, even though I do get agitated when that happens. I think that's just life talking to you. I I do think about that, and it, and like you said, Kat, just a second ago, when I look back on that at the end of the day, I go, well, that all happened for that that all happened. And it all worked out for the better, I think, honestly. I, yeah. Well, right. Because if you got home 10 minutes earlier than you did, um, you don't know what that would have been like. Yeah. There may have yeah. been a reason for you to get home 10 minutes later because you got that phone call you needed or that email. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and that's the thing about synchronicity that I do find that fascinating. And I've, I've told people stories of synchronicity and I have dove into so much detail about every red light I hit, every little thing I looked at. Because I think, as we know, those are all deterministic things on whatever result may have come out of that. Uh, And I am far from an expert on this, but I obviously find it absolutely fascinating. Um, And I just think that at the end of the day with that, I guess, it all kind of happens for a reason. And if you have the right attitude towards it, then it will have a good outcome. I th- yep. that's just how that's how I believe Amber. yeah and yeah. that's yeah that's why I knew this show was going to be super fun <laughs> um, so Kat in, in closing if if you could give the listeners because the book is not out yet so if yeah. anybody is going to be chomping at the bit to get this what is one little exercise that they could start to do to improve their abilities, maybe other than the pause? Is there some other little trick? We spent a lot of time on the pause. We did. The scan, sensing. Sense and scan follows the pause. Once you pause, uh, you begin to sense what's around you. You have now the ability that you're quiet to sense what's around to allow yourself to feel, think, hear, and take in. Once you get that, this is what I'm getting, then you can push your senses out to kind of your feelers going, hmm, what do I, that's scanning. What do I think about this? How do I want to respond to that? And I have to tell you, this... When I sat down so many years ago and began writing this, um, (laughs) it was very difficult to write what is like breathing and to break it down into minute 
steps like this. It was quite the challenge. Yeah, especially things that aren't tangible, like like yeah, these well, abilities. A thought, oh, well, I, 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 a thought process. Yeah. Again, that isn't. Yeah. That isn't doesn't have hard concrete steps to yeah. it. I know this stuff isn't and that simple. And explain it to people. So yeah. anyway, I think when this book comes out, we're going to see headlines that say psychic wave sweeps the nation and <laughs> it's going to be a bestseller and everyone's going to love to learn to improve their psychic skills. So thank you so much for spending February some time 8th, with us. February 8th. Our first out. show yeah. of 2022. Thank yeah, you so much, Yeah, thanks for joining Kat. us, Kat. And we will definitely have you back on anytime you want. All right, sweetheart. It's wonderful to meet you both, and thank you. And I'm so glad you guys have enjoyed the book. Ghostly Talk!